0: This is the verse that I'm using to kick off our next uh, important landmark or signpost. Proverbs 19 verses 20-21 He writes, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices in a man's heart. nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. So the second, uh, and I didn't write it up there. Well, yeah, I did. Biblical values. That's our second signpost in life. The first one, of course, was authority, the fear of the Lord. Uh, The second one is biblical values, those values that we hold dear in life. And as you read to the book of Proverbs, uh, you will begin to see certain biblical values that the writer of Proverbs Uh, speaks to his son about, because Proverbs is written to his son. And he exhorts his son to adopt these values, to cultivate these values in his life, because they would serve him well in the long run. And this is very, very true. It would serve him well in the long run. Um, These values written about in the book of Proverbs are not just found here in the book of Proverbs, But they are values that are found throughout the Word of God. And that should not be a surprise to any of us who are Bible believers. Because the Word of God, if anything, it is consistent. From Genesis to Revelation, it is consistent. And again, this should not be surprising to us if we are a Bible believer. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So since all of scripture is by inspiration of God, and that word inspiration means breathed of God, right? They're the breath of God. Then this would rightly imply that God by his Holy Spirit, according to Second Peter 1, 19 through 21, has given certain holy men uh, this, this revelation of himself, this revelation of his mind, And that these words have uh, been faithfully recorded and not only have they been faithfully recorded, but they've also been faithfully preserved for us today. That's what Psalms 12.6 says, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times, verse 7 Thou shalt keep them O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So, we have these words Preserved for us. God's going to preserve these words. And so therefore, as believers in the Bible, we should expect that these biblical values that we're going to study that we find here in Proverbs are going to be, are consistent throughout the Word of God. They're going to be consistent throughout the Word of God. Now the whole intention of the book of Proverbs, we discover in Proverbs 1-4, to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. So the very purpose of this book is to highlight these important biblical values, these principles, as we walk along the path of the just or as as we walk in our relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And these values, if you pay attention to what you're reading, right? These values are punctuated throughout Proverbs. Uh, In fact, he he mentions them several times because isn't that uh, um, a tactic of good teaching? Is review, review, or repeat, repeat, right? So that's what he does. He's a good teacher. So he keeps repeating these same values. And not only does he repeat these values, but he also gives examples of folks who exemplify these values as well as folks who do not exemplify these values. And he gives to us those who are benefited while those who suffer the consequences of not abiding by these these values. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. So these values are very important, and he wants his son to understand these values. He wants him to to read these values, to instill these values in his life. And again, as you read through Proverbs, you keep hearing these uh, multiple exhortations for the Son to pay attention. As an example Proverbs chapter 4 verses 20 through 22 he says, My Son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So therefore, what is he stressing? He's stressing the importance of these values, isn't he? In fact, he even goes on and he says, these values, these truths, I'm sure that went well over the microphone, these values, these truths are so important that they are to be considered extremely valuable. Valuable. Proverbs 3.13-14 and 15 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. So these values are to be coveted like we would... Gold or silver or precious gems, because they're 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 that valuable. You know, Psalms, the Psalmist, when he was considering these things, he he, he expressed a deep concern. He said in Psalms chapter eleven and a deep concern about a nation or a people that would abandon these values. And he says in Psalms 11, verses 2 through 3, For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. And we're seeing that very thing today. And this, this is what he says here in verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed... Right, like this crack in the foundation of this building if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do? I think we are seeing evidence of that in our own nation as we have systematically destroyed the very foundation those very values that this country was built upon and made the country great We have systematically tore these values down. What can the righteous do? These biblical values found throughout the book of Proverbs, found throughout the word of God, give to us the promise of life and the promise of happiness and the promise of peace. Who in here doesn't want that? Anybody? Proverbs 3:2 for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Proverbs 3:18 She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is every one that retaineth her. Proverbs 3:22 so they so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. So so the so here's the point. These are important. These values are important. So where are these values found? What's the source of the values? Well, the Word is the source of these values. The Word of God. One day Jesus, after he had taught a very challenging lesson, To those who were following him, many of Jesus' disciples became offended by his words, and they began to murmur among themselves about the things he was teaching and about the things that they were hearing. John 6.60, many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Well, Jesus, taking knowledge of their murmuring and their complaining, he tried to reassure them about what... He was teaching them, he was trying to reassure them about what they were hearing. He said in John 6:63, 6, he said, the, "It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life." Well, regardless of this assur- assurance spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ, many of his disciples failed to heed the truth that he was saying, and so they made a very important decision. And that decision was is they chose to no longer follow Jesus. And these were his disciples. To no longer follow Jesus, that his words were simply too hard for them to fully invest their lives to. John 6.66, for the, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. This was indeed a watershed moment in the ministry of, of the Lord, and so Jesus turned to those that remained and he asked them in John 6.67, Will ye also go away? Now, don't miss the significance of this moment. Jesus was teaching words of the Spirit and life, and for many who heard these words, it was simply too much. It was too hard. They, They couldn't abide by them. And so they walked away. They walked away this is not an unusual occurrence that we read here for are there not indeed some very hard sayings in God's word yeah there are are there not things in God's word that challenge even the best of us there is there is There are truths in God's Word, principles in God's Word, that reveal to us the matters and issues of the heart that can prove either painful or very costly to deal with. So yeah, there are hard sayings. There are hard sayings. That's why that first signpost is so important to have the fear of the Lord that's why it's so crucial to have that established in your heart and your mind as you walk with God, to fear God, to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. That's so, so critical. Because if we, if we fail to hold the Lord in high esteem in our hearts, then this will be reflected in our lives. For in failing to fear the Lord, to respect him and esteem him and love him with all our hearts and souls and minds, you know what we actually do? We rob his word to us of its authority. You can't separate God from his word. I've already talked about that. You cannot hold to the one while rejecting the other. But yet that's where a lot of God's people live in a very practical sense. They'll praise God and they'll sing all these wonderful things about God and they'll say all these wonderful things about God. But when it comes down to obeying God's word in a certain manner, oh no, I can't do that I can't do that that's too much, that's too hard that's asking too much of me after these disciples made the decision to no longer follow Jesus he turns to those who remain behind now understand this, okay? Jesus already knew the answer all right, John uh, six sixty four. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, or who should betray him. This this gets under my skin because every once in a while you'll read somebody. Well, Jesus asked this because he wasn't quite sure, or he was anxious about the disciples' decision. He wasn't he he wasn't confident in that's baloney. You know why Jesus asked this question? It wasn't to assure himself. No, he was giving these disciples the opportunity to confess their faith in him. He was giving these disciples the opportunity to make up their own minds. Are we going to follow these guys who left because your sayings are too hard? Or are we going to stick with you? And that bottom line is the decision that each and every one of us has to make. If it gets too hard, do I quit? Or do I trust God and go on? You know, the writer of Proverbs does essentially the same thing when he when he writes in Proverbs 8.1, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way, in the places of the past. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming of the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man." Consistent throughout the word of God. God calls out to mankind are you going to believe in me and follow me or are you going to go your own way remember the two paths this is the crucial importance of these biblical values because these biblical values provide us that foundation that this nation is chucking they provide us that foundation that Psalms uh, that the psalmist mentioned in Psalms eleven. It's these values that give us that wisdom that we so desire so desperately need as we make choices in life. And let me tell you something about these biblical values. They just don't happen. Okay, you don't absorb these values like some sort of, what's the word, osmosis. You know, like a leaf in the sunlight. You have to choose to follow them. You have to choose to apply them. You have to choose to instill them in your brain box. Proverbs for they For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. This is not only true of the wicked, but this is true of God's people. If you choose not... To follow the Lord and these values, then you're going to eat the fruit of your choice. I personally believe that the majority of our interpersonal issues and as well as our extrapersonal issues with others, it's due to some violation of these biblical values or an ignorance of these biblical values. Or just simply saying, I want nothing to do with those values. Now, getting back to Jesus' question, it's this point that Peter spoke up for the group. He said in John 6 68 and 69, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a great answer, Peter. That's a great answer. It is these words of eternal life that will influence one's thinking, will provide for us the motive behind our actions. It gives us the impetus or the reason for how we treat others and why we treat others the way we treat them. They mold the very attitudes of our hearts in, in regards to life. they serve to guide us, they serve to help us in our decisions in, in life. They protect us, they keep us secure they give us a sh- these are important that 's why they 're called the uh, words of eternal life they 're important. Now, whether Peter understood completely at this time, if he understood what he meant by words of eternal life, that's inconsequential. Because many of us also operate from from an imperfect understanding about things. But what is consequential is that this knowledge that he had of Christ and this knowledge of, that Christ had the words of eternal life made Peter the man he was or the man he became and the same is true for us the same is true for us speaking of words we have succeeded in trivializing trivial trivializing words in our culture. I've got to stop using big words. We do. Um, just a casual glance on your smartphone. What do we see? Icons and images. Little pictures. Hier- what do they call those? Hieroglyphics. Right? People would rather watch a movie on Netflix then read a book that'll challenge their intellect. Um, The meaning of words become lost. The importance of the written word as a source of of information is being downplayed today. People want quick sound bites. If they can't find it on YouTube they, they don't want anything to do with it. I don't know how often I've heard someone say, I I know I should read the Bible more often, I just don't like to read. According to the National Center for Educational Statistics, 43 million Americans are functionally illiterate. They read at a a level of 8th grade and lower. That's 21% of our population. That's adults. That's adults. We've raised a a generation or two on visual stories that don't challenge the mind with information, but rather dull the mind with being entertained. We'd rather be entertained than informed. In his book, Signature in the Cell, DNA and Evidence for Intelligent design, Dr. Stephen C. Meyer writes about the two researchers, James Watson and Francis Crick, who discovered the DNA mo- molecule, and by their discovery, Biological scientists have come to understand the uh, centrality of information to even the simplest living organisms that DNA plays. In DNA, according to the book, in this DNA contains information that provides the assembly instructions for the building of crucial proteins and protein machines that service and maintain even the most primitive one-celled organisms. That's a scientist's definition. Do you hear the words? Since its discovery, the wonders of of the DNA information system has been marveled at by the brightest of minds. Richard Dawkins, who is a well-known atheist, says the machine code of the genes is uncannily computer-like. Bill Gates, right? He's the guy who developed software uh, that makes our computers more than just a fancy paperweight. Right? Without software, your computer's not going to work. This was his comment about DNA. He said, DNA is like a computer program, but far, far more advanced than any software ever created. Do you hear the language these men are using? though these men of science marvel at this highly complex information system that's inherent in every living organism through, through our DNA that provides the instructions for assembly of every cell the one question they kind of dance around they either want to ignore it or they want to adamantly des- deny it—is the question is this who is the programmer? of this information that's so much like software. Now, doesn't software require a programmer? Well, we as Bible believers know who the programmer is, don't we? And this programmer has given us an owner's manual for life. And we can refer to this owner's manual when something isn't working right. Not just life lived for the sake of living here on earth, but to live a life with purpose and value and meaning for the accomplishment of an infinite purpose that impacts eternity. The physical... Biological information for biological life is in, encoded in our DNA. This information determines our gender, our hair color, our eye color, our size. This, you know, down from the smallest cell to the largest organs. That information is ca- contained in that DNA that we've inherited from our parents that inherited from their parents all the way back to guess who yeah, Adam and Eve now I mentioned the illiteracy of 21% of our population and I refer to this biological fact as far as the information contained in our DNA to illustrate or explain the spiritual truths You know, Peter referred to the words of Jesus as the words of eternal life. What are words? Boiled down to its simplest, they're information. Words are information. The information encoded in DNA is, 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 you know, is what makes up all of organic life. It's the source of all, the word of God is the source of our eternal life. The word of God is not only informative, but it's also creative. You see, the DNA in all organic life has been compromised by what? What? three letter word, starts with S, end with N yeah, there you go this sin in many ways has severely affected life as we know it has it not? sure it has so what does man need? a new birth he needs a new birth again, the word is not only informative, but it's creative that life-giving seed, the word of God, has been sown in the soil of our hearts and being watered by faith has produced, produced life and once was a, a barren soil that was dead in trespasses and sins. Is this not what the Bible teaches? 1 Peter one twenty three says, Being born again not of corruptible seed from Adam and Eve, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That new life has given us a new nature. One could almost say, using the analogy of biological DNA, we now have spiritual DNA. Brian's always talking about our spiritual DNA, isn't he? We now have that spiritual DNA and the person of the Holy Spirit that has circumcised us from the old man and has made us into what? A new man. Something remarkable has happened to us. 2 Peter 1.3 According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge, information of him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature we are partakers of the by of the, of the blah, 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 partakers of the divine nature by the indwelling holy spirit now not like some of these false preachers preach and that we're like god himself that's just blasphemy but we have been baptized or immersed, sealed, and we have a full share of the Spirit of God dwelling in each and every one of us. That's remarkable. Ephesians 4 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. You see, Jesus didn't give Karen, not Karen, Carol, half a share. And he didn't give Matthew a three-quarters of a share. He didn't give me a quarter of a share. We have a full share. All of us do. And it's not an issue of us sharing in only a portion of the Holy Spirit and we need to do something to get more more of a share of the Spirit to a second blessing or whatever. That's not the issue, folks. The issue is, how much of the Holy Spirit does he have of you and me? What are we keeping back from him? We shouldn't keep back anything. 1 Corinthians 6.19 What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. You know where a lot of us struggle with? And ye are not your own. (laughs) That's the hard saying that the majority of us wrestle with. This act of spiritual conception, being born again in the soil of our hearts that was devoid of eternal life in Christ... We are now made, and I heard it, we are now made a new creature. First Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. The word new speaks of that which it is made superior to what it once was. Of a new and novel kind. You know, before Pentecost, the world never experienced something like us. And just as the biological information contained in DNA makes us what we are in a physiological sense, in the way our bodies look, and the way our bodies function, what color our hair is, and so forth and so on, so also the Word of God is to our spiritual nature the inner man for it contains that vital information about our new life in Christ Ephesians 3:16 Turn to Ephesians 3:16 I want you guys to see this I'm up here just spouting off but I want you to see this stuff Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 raise your hands when you get there (laughs) just like school isn't it Ephesians 3.16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the what? inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend where does this comprehension come from? this comprehension comes from correct information found in the word of God may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and know the love of Christ which passes what? knowledge the knowledge of that wisdom that comes from below that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God Colossians 3.10 turn to Colossians 3.10 Raise your hands when you're there. (laughs) Colossians 3.10. What does it say there? And have put on the... What? New man. New man. man. Which is what? Renewed. Renewed in knowledge. Information found in the Bible after the image of him that created him. Not only is the word of God informative, but it is also Creative. Romans 12.2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge, information of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. This wonderful transformation is caused by this life-giving information found in the word of God. And this life-giving information will define who we are before others. Acts 11.26 says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year They assembled themselves with the church and taught, that is, shared information with much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now at first, this moniker of being called a Christian was meant to be an insult. It's kind of like telling a grown man that he's a mama's boy. Or a grown woman that she's a daddy's girl. And yet it was because of these little Christs living their lives that exemplified the life of Christ because of the information that they believed in, they turned their world upside down. And guess what? They're still doing it today. They're still doing it today. But there is an issue. This informative word this creative word these biblical values that are to become a part of us that are become our spiritual DNA as Brian would call it can be hindered by us we can hinder our own growth oh yeah we're born again we've got the Spirit of God dwelling within us we are being taught but we can hinder this informative, creative words of eternal life in our life in fact, we can become spiritually illiterate just like 21% of our nation's adult population 1 Peter 2, two says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. You cannot grow without the sincere milk of the word of God. Caleb's not going to do it for you. Good Christian movies are not going to do it for you current Christian pop music is not going to accomplish this I'll even go out on a limb and say even good biblical preaching and teaching though it will aid us to understand though it may help us to understand but that's not going to do it for you it's going to help except for in the case of bad doctrine or the reading of good books and I do recommend reading good books but I'm going to say this there is no substitute no substitute for the sincere milk of the word I know so many folks it'll go to their little devotionals or their little commentaries Or their little books, or their favorite preacher on the the internet, or whatever. And that's all they get. No, there is no substitute for the Word of God. We need to put our eyes on the Word of God, or in certain cases, our ears to the Word of God. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by Caleb. No! No! By the word of God. A small child becomes weak and unhealthy if it's deprived of the proper nourishment. Its little body becomes frail. Its little mind becomes dull. And soon it just loses the will to live. So also us, if we become spiritually malnourished... If we deprive ourselves of that informative and creative word of God, the words of eternal life, we also, the inner man, the new man, will become weak and frail. And guess who's going to step in and take over? Your flesh and the world and the devil. We must feed on the Word of God. Psalms one hundred nineteen one hundred three, the Psalmist says How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Proverbs twenty four thirteen says, My son, eat thou honey because it is good in the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. These are not just mere metaphysical language used by the Holy Spirit of God to you know, illustrate a philosophical No, the Word of God is actual nourishment to your new man. You need it. Just like these physical bodies need food and water, our spiritual new man needs that nourishment that comes from the Word of God. And if you deprive yourself of of you yourself putting your nose in this book and reading what God has to say to you you're starving yourself you're starving yourself turn to Philippians chapter 1 we all have issues the issue I want to talk about the issue we all have issues Proverbs four twenty three says keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life this is why that first signpost in regards to the fear of the Lord is so critical and so 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 important. That love for God, that love for Christ, that love for His Word. Philippians one verses nine through eleven. Read, read there with me. And this, I pray that your love may abound, increase yet more and more in what knowledge. knowledge being rightly informed and in all judgment what does that mean? that means you use that information rightly that ye may approve things that are excellent that ye may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God see our love grows through knowledge of the object of our love Our love grows through through the knowledge of the object of our love. The more we come to know Jesus, the greater our love becomes. The word issue, as in the issues of life, that addresses the source of the outflow of life. Now, If the source is corrupt, what does that say about the outflow? Right, if you've got a creek, it looks pretty good, but just around the bend some knucklehead has got their septic tank draining into the creek, what does that say about the creek downstream of the septic tank? Let's just get a cup of water and just gobble that thing down, right? yuck well the issue is the source and I got bad news for you guys our heart is the cause of all of our troubles (laughs) because our heart's kind of messed up our heart's messed up One day as Jesus and his disciples were beginning to have a meal, there were some folks that took offense because his disciples didn't wash their hands before they were to eat. And so they say, why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Now these particular men, they weren't so much concerned for personal hygiene like your mom would tell you. Now you wash your hands before you come to the dinner table. Now these guys, they were concerned about what was called a ceremonial uncleanness. Because these highfalutin religious types, they felt as though they became, um, uh, uh, what's the word, corrupted because of their contact with the publicans and sinners in the marketplace. And so just because they come in contact with these, ooh, these icky sinners, Right they felt they had to wash their hands to wash off the contagion that they got from these icky sinners that they came into contact with of course Jesus said you got that all wrong guys he says the true contagion that these men failed to deal with was that they were transgressing God's commandments and what they were doing is that they were teaching the traditions of men over that of the commandments of God. And their traditions of men would have, would, would have no impact of the true contagion that these men had. And that was the contagion of their self-righteous, prideful, condemning hearts. He says, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Isaiah said that a long time ago, and that's exactly what these men were guilty of. I couldn't give you the verse from Isaiah, but the verse is found in Matthew 15, 7. So if you've got a Bible that has cross-references, you might be able to... Or you could read through the book of Isaiah until you find it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just 66 books. You see, these men had personal values. Personal values. Founded upon wrong thinking that motivated their doing and saying as well as shaped their character. Alright? Essentially what Jesus is informing them was that their values was not based upon the word of God but rather their values was based on the doctrines and commandments of men that were pleasing to them and made them look good. These men did err not knowing the scriptures. Therefore their values did not and could not address the true source of the contagion which is the true source of every one of us and that is we've got a heart that's all kind of messed up. So what do we learn from this? And I've got to stop. We learn from this that it is possible to have core values like we hear in our own country today to have core values even values based in religion but these values may not necessarily reflect the values found in God's word you see these men thought they were right and Proverbs 14.12 says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death In failing to esteem the word of God in their hearts as Isaiah had prophesied prophesied that these men would not, the word of God held no authority to them. They had no respect for God, so therefore they had no respect for God's word. Proverbs 11:1 says, "A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight." You know, if you if you look at a scale, by all appearance, the scale looks like well, it's going to do its job. It's going to be able to weigh out a, a weight, a measurement. But is that is that true though? Is that true? In the in the business that I used to work in, the industry I used to work in, we use scales and balances all the time because we had to weigh out the ingredients that we use in the recipes of the medications that we made. And it was extremely important that we got all these weights and measures correct. So therefore it was very important that we use scales and and balances that were also accurate and correct. And so how did we do this? How did we make sure that these scales and balances were correct so that we were weighing out the proper amount of ingredients? We calibrated them. And what we did was is we used standardized weights to see the scale would meet that standardized weight and there, it, there was a certain very small you know, wiggle room. As long as it was in this very tight wiggle room, then that scale was okay to use. But, if it was out of the accepted standard, then that scale had a sign put on it. Uh, do not... Uh, Um, unapproved do not how did it it go again? I've forgotten unapproved do not use so that scale wasn't used because it couldn't be trusted even the weights that we used we would send out and uh, the government agency that takes care of all the weights and measures they would take those weights and they would make sure that that our weights that we used was in line with the weights that they used and if the weights weren't, if something happened to the weight, then that, those, that whole set was, was pitched. And we got a new set. So even the weights that we used to test the integrity of the scales were also calibrated. Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. God's Word is that standard of integrity. God's Word is the scale and the weights that we measure our life by. If there is no integrity in the scales or the weights, then we've got problems. My question to you is, do you trust in God's Word as an accurate... Scale and wait for your life that's where the fear of the Lord comes in that's where the fear of the Lord comes in God provides for us the measure of integrity the standard by which we weigh the matters and issues of the heart and it all comes down to a what issue trust issue a trust issue a trust issue Psalms 119.36 says incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covet this turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in the way establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear that's what it is every time Do I trust God? That's the issue. That's the issue of the heart. Those who calibrate their lives according to the wisdom that comes from below, they add or take away from God's standard. Why is that? (laughs) Because they don't trust in it. They think they have a better way. That's why it's so vital that we fear the Lord because in that is where we derive our biblical values. I'm going to have to stop there because I'm going to also talk about the real issue to be addressed. So, any questions or comments? Any answers? (laughs) I'm always looking for answers, folks. Nothing? Okay. Matthew, would you close this out in prayer, please? I'm probably got to thank you for this word.